0: Okay, so uh, episode. De, yeah, this is our second episode. I was, of, by uh, the way,
1: I was uh, really, honestly, this is not just shtick. Really surprised, slash blown away by the response of our first little thing.
0: I think people like our dynamic. I think what's working is we're two people who know each other really well, know how our minds work really well. We're inquisitive and curious about the ideas. Um, in our culture, society,
1: and around faith. And people are like, yeah, I want to have conversations like this. You know, I'm, over the last X years, I don't know, probably 10, but really the last four or five years have really been getting into podcasting. I think a lot of us have, right? It's an incredible medium. No, it's great. And especially these uh well there's, there's kind of really highly produced podcasts mm. and then there's ones like joe rogan where he just um, talks yeah, for two and a half top hours because he's really funny down, i saw him by know? the way at uh me and mike went to see him uh at the arena at the you know, very, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, a yeah. year ago i'd seen him on uh youtube or something i'm uh, not youtube netflix you mm. uh, know and i thought he was he was like good not great kind of bill burr level sort of interesting mm. has kind of an angry shtick Live, he was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he is—he is so good with people. Yeah. Anyway, so he's got the—he's got that kind of a podcast. Yeah,
0: I, I think there's something interesting about what's going on right now as far as conversations, long-form conversations that are not edited, that where people are going—we're not looking for the soundbite. We're looking for someone to unpack an idea for an hour or more with, like, a guy like, um, you know, uh,
1: Joe Rogan. The, Joe Rogan, yeah, Joe, you know, the guy Joe Rogan—he could be three hours. You know, with some. His three hours, it's I know, part, and quite frankly, his podcasts are too long to yes, be listened to. But, it, but it, he's I, still
0: ten million people a week are I know, listening. I or know. more.
1: he's good. But I got kind of. This is why I was kind of blown away. Is a, a couple of people, and maybe they're just trying to make me feel good. But a couple of people kind of said, "You're, you guys have." I mean, I'm not saying we're Joe Rogan, but we we're listenable. Yeah. People and I, I was like, that's cool because yeah. there's a I, dynamic that we, I like that we, talking we, with you yeah. and um so i had said uh, to you the other day that one of the one of the s- things that came up out of that movie the beautiful day in the neighborhood the the in the movie the lloyd vogel character says why why did you stop and why did you start your show again and he just said hey because i'm i've been learning i i have something more to say and i just yeah. feel like we have something more to say so um so this episode today we're going to focus on what I well, I asked you. Are you? Yeah. I'm interested in Pete Holmes. Yeah, Pete so Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes, Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a comic, uh, <laughs> funny guy, good humor. He's an Amazon man. He's a big tall man. But and he wrote a book. Um, and by the way, Adele told me that we should uh, on the Facebook page. She says I really like it at the end. If you could like post links oh, and stuff so yeah show notes. so so we yeah we notes. haven't done show notes have you figured out the rss
0: feed yet on how to get this up on like itunes no I'm we sorry. need someone to help us I'm sorry. if you're out there and you're listening of the 30 people that might be listening and you know how to take uh you know our our file which is on soundcloud and make it into an rss feed so that itunes could see it we could use your help I'm sure it's not it's a big a shameless
1: deal. Yeah. A shameless plea for help.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, help, please, maybe
1: we don't know, you know
0: like, oh, I've got an 18-year-old son that's an expert at that. Okay, great. I want that. Son. I want
1: everyone to know that Peg just slightly moved the microphone closer yeah. to him. Yeah. Hey, uh, so on that, I can put a link to Pete's book, uh, God Sex Comedy. I think this one's called. Yeah, God uh, Comedy uh, Sex. Uh, comedy Sex God. Comedy Sex. Yeah, Comedy Sex God. Anyways, but before actually before we even get into this, this would be insane if we didn't start to talk about the craziest phase of human history I, I have ever lived in the pandemic you are in my basement right now because you're not allowed in the front entrance you're seven feet away from me yeah. we haven't touched each other i'm going to disinfect everything when mm-hmm. you leave which is only one scintilla of the massive change that has suddenly come upon everybody's life how are you doing
0: you know i'm doing really good we're obviously like everyone else kind of self-quarantine and uh, all of the kids are in the house mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was talking to my brother uh, and sister-in-law last night, and they're, you know, Reg and Lee are on the front edge. They're doing COVID testing at the MSA arena. Yes, yeah, 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 They're full hazmat gown, and every day they can't talk to anyone else. They just go home, and I'm like, you guys are at the front edge of this virus, seeing the patients and the, as it kind of unfolds, and hopefully in the next 10 days they can get a handle on it and we don't see a huge explosion and a, you know, degradation of our, our healthcare system to its its ability to help people. However, I feel like I'm on the other end. I feel like, what I mean by that is my, you know, uh, I have a nice place. I, my kids are safe. We're safe. We, you know, we're not kind of directly affected by huge loss income wise. Um, you know, it's, we're not in a. We're not sick. So,
1: it's, so you say it's almost like a novel thing. It's that kind of weird.
0: But yeah, I feel really guilty that I'm kind yeah, of having yeah, fun yeah. with my kids, playing games, watching movies, and hanging out. And I feel like we should be suffering because the the COVID's out there. Yeah. But right now, that's not my experience. And I'm just trying to be calm and enjoy, um, you know, the gift uh, yeah. of what is, which is my family connected uh, lately. What's interesting is as I asked my brother. I said, Hey, what's the What's the craziest thing you uh, you've come across? And I thought he'd you know go into a big oh. There's this guy had a respiratory issue, and he goes the hardest thing in this COVID nineteen crisis is the fact that we're battling two things. We're battling a disease, but we're battling unbelievable high levels of anxiety. Oh yeah. And he told me a story about it one <coughs> a lady uh, whatever, and who will never. She'll never
1: listen to this. So Are you worried about? Worried I don't. don't, don't confidentiality. Yeah. Whatever. It's not your confidentiality. Right. But so, so yes, yeah, so it was, was actually comes, a man. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> we'll call this person
0: Cracker. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, um, so this lady, lady <laughs> well, comes. That, that's the best well, name. You can I was come looking with? for a general neutral name.
1: Cracker Pat. Isn't who that would that? Yeah, Pat <laughs> would be
0: SNL. Yeah. So this lady it's comes cracker. in and, and she's like. Um, I need to get tested like she's she's at a nine, out of ten, she's freaking out, she's almost having a panic attack, she's breathing really heavily, and he said, Okay, sure, we will test you. He's trying to calm her down and she said, Don't come close, don't come close, I me. Mean, know, don't, don't come close. And she starts to go into a full-fledged panic attack as a physician is coming too close to her to help test her. And he says, Okay, stop for a second. You think I'm gonna give you COVID? You came into the eMERGE to help Get tested. Well, oh, she was great yeah. shes Yeah, sure. I don't know uh, what to do. Cracker was. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he he just sat there and realized, man, um, I've got to calm you down. You're 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 literally gonna you know freak out in a panic attack around what you've created, uh, what this disease is, or what it could be. You're a healthy young lady. It might be a five day cold for you. It could be worse. But there's nothing I can do for you if you don't let me come into your space and test you, right? But the, the whole point of it was, man, we're dealing with anxiety right now. Yeah, and that's, understandable that's really
1: anxiety, hard. I mean, yay, I mean, I don't mean this dismissively bad. yay. Glad that your life and, and my life haven't been dramatically impacted, but it's anytime the structures that we count on to be normal change yeah. in such massive and fast, uh, people people get scared real yeah, fast. Very Sometimes true. as we go along with this, podcast i want to tell my story about the fear of death because mm-hmm. that has been a was a big journey through my 50s and yeah. dealing with it you know that yeah as and,
0: aging and dealing with these issues oh well, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: and and i think for many people that it's that kind of ominous scepter that looms in the mm-hmm. in the background of so much of this anxiety mm-hmm. not everybody but nice. i just think for a lot of people they're they're afraid of Afraid of dying. Yeah. And and yeah. It, they, that, even as I say that I think a lot of people are going, you know, that doesn't that doesn't connect. I don't I can't connect to it. But I, I'm just saying once you peel that onion a little bit, it does kind of kept come down yeah. to that. And and I also know people are afraid of losing their their, their lifestyle, their their livelihoods. Yeah. Loved ones. Hey, get a load of this. Parents. I mean, um, yeah, uh, my son and daughter in law had twin babies yesterday. Mm. I mean it was so cool to wow. I know, right? And this is number Boy eight. girl? Yeah, yeah, That's boy, so girl. Cool. This is number three and four for them, and and uh, and everyone's fine, um, and they're they're going to be fine. But here's the thing: they're in Seattle. Yeah, wow. Richard the
0: center of the U.S. basically. Yeah,
1: but on point, not my country. Right. And so Adele and I can't can't go down oh, wow. and hold our grandchildren, and mm-hmm. you know, yay for FaceTime. I think all of us love that we have like FaceTime and Skype and mm-hmm. Zoom and these. Mm-hmm video chat technologies, technologies yeah. that and they're not bad uh, we yeah, had like, we had supper with friends the other day over facetime it was kind of well, cool it, yeah. t- it kind of worked yeah i mean better than not but anyways that you know our my inability to be with my family right now and to even hold grandchildren and, and touch them and be connected to them in live ways is something a lot of people are struggling through yeah. right now they yeah. they they're they can't they can't be with the people in their life, whether it be people at work or at school or their family. And uh, I think that lack of connection is really another big part of why people are struggling.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, for me over the last year, I've really looked at this issue of, of anxiety, stress, um, and how, how much of our day-to-day life is consumed with trying to manage these. The stuff that goes on in our mind, right? The, the the incessant worrying that we have. And I feel like so many of us, even pre-COVID-19, and for sure after, are trying to juggle 16 million things in our head. And we feel like we're barely holding it on, and all of a sudden there's a pandemic. And they're like, I can't. And all the balls are starting
1: to yeah, fall. Yeah, right? Down, I mean, right? You, say, you say to yourself, <clears throat> if something goes wrong, I'm yeah. going to lose my balance. Yeah. And when something goes wrong we lose our balance yeah. and like you say it we can we can feel it we we know that we're we're playing with house money right we're just we're 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 holding on by a thread as long as things kinda stay the same maybe we'll resolve it but yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you this yeah. is this has upset the apple cart for it's, it's most of us who yeah. just haven't we've not we've not we're not been keeping our balance no. well anyways yeah by the way just I mean you know this but this uh we'll get into it another time, but this idea of balance and stability mm. is re- I'm really playing with yeah, all of that. I'm I'm intrigued with that yeah, too. Yeah, that's and, kind of interesting um, to me.
0: You know, just a quick little note and, and we maybe do a whole podcast on this next time or whatever, but um tools that have been really helpful for me um during this Time, not just during the COVID nineteen time, but just during. You like Sam Harris? Sam Harris, waking yeah. up app. Um, again, I've tried Calm, I've tried uh, Headspace, I've done mm-hmm. lots of different mindfulness apps. Um, for me, Sam Harris's app, free app called Waking Up, is the not, t- for it's me. Not,
1: not really free, though, is it?
0: Well, I- exactly. But <laughs> well, now it is, just to be honest. No, yeah, it does. It starts free and then he makes there's a paywall. Yeah, yeah it yeah. came up quicker than <laughs> Headspace. But anyways. Yeah. Um, What do you like about Sam Harris? uh, Sam Harris, he is a neuroscientist. And um, so he's developed a headspace, a uh, a mindfulness app that trains you in the cognitive understanding of what's happening when you teach your brain to calm down. And it's a skill like you would do in a gym. So I always thought kind of mindfulness was like either either a bit woo-woo, kind of weird out there, like I get sitting on a chair and be some kind of meditator. Um, Sam Harris takes all the mysticism out of it as a scientist and says, "Let me tell you what's ha- what happens in our brains um, when we just you know in in a, in a normal day to day level, and what happens when we start to almost like two gears when there's a clutch, the two gears begin to separate, and the one part of our brain that's the constant, um, obsessing about thoughts day to day every minute what am I going to have for dinner, how are my kids, what am I going to do this, all that stuff what he calls the default mode network of the brain that begins to start calming down after you begin to start practicing this 10 minutes a day and they say you can start seeing a real difference after about 25, 30 days, 10 minutes a day you can start feeling the calm inside your mind by a daily practice of, of mindfulness so I really recommend um, waking up let me and, get my yeah. tickets
1: on Sam. <clears throat> yeah. Because uh, you, when you, yeah. you send him my way and say, you got to listen to Sam Harris' stuff. He's, um, he's really smart. Yep. Yeah. And so if you, if you like, uh, academic-y. Yeah, but I mean, accessible. He's not crazy. But if you like, like a credible, exp- you like to have things explained yeah. from a scientific or neurological, he's excellent for that. Uh, and I think to be fair. That kind of characterizes the nexus community, yeah. we, uh, people would say we're, we're kind of heady, and so I think it'll really appeal to that palette yeah. for sure. Um, what I really liked about MPEG was i, I only I only did his pod or his, uh, I worked with his app for about a month this last year what i like really liked about it was uh, i could I could feel that I had much more choice over where i decided to put my focus. Mm-hmm. You know you understand what i'm saying. Yeah. So so when we're kind of on autopilot when the default mode network is just kind of running in the background, yeah. call it the noise. We're just kind of on this. We're just kind of living our life just doing it. By the way,
0: it. 99% of people don't know there's another way to live but live inside that noise. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I I'd agree and and you know, I'd say to a certain degree that would be true for me. And what more than headspace for me. Um I like how Sam is able to help me move my focus away or to where I want it to be, mm. right? So if I want it to be in my body or I want it to be uh, in my perceptual kind of framework, I I don't have to stay in the noise. Mm. And now it takes a little bit of practice. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember yeah. while I was doing it, I went, oh, it, it's. I get it. I, I just have to move... I'm moving myself around a little yes. moving my focus around a little bit and that I found that was really, really useful and that's that has stayed with me. Mm. Um, I, I I know we gotta get back to Pete Holmes and crashing yeah. but this um, I am curious about your like the anti-woo woo thing yeah, uh, yeah. No, i'm not anti it felt like we were anti there well, because you're, you're oh i'm your, your a mother's daughter is like oh woo-woo. It, well, she wouldn't call woo no i, I I'm, I'm using that term
0: as a it's kind of the goop labby world of uh G- gwyneth paltrow okay, i didn't
1: like that as much but but, but if that's who that.
0: no it's not what i'm saying what i mean by that i didn't that like is, this thing as much Some people dismiss things like mindfulness as
1: um, Eastern or mystical. Eastern,
0: mystical. It has, to me, that was the biggest surprise. Is as I really got into it and began to understand it and start practicing it. Now, and I've been. Okay, how about I'm an early adopter, maybe maybe eight, nine months of a daily practice. That's all I've got under my belt, but it has shifted my mind
1: dramatically. And, and by the way, I think we all see it in you, feel it in you, yeah. without question, Peg. Maybe, how about this as a, as a metaphor? If you think of, you know, the road of mindfulness and meditation and whatnot, um, what Sam Harris has done is given a different on-ramp. Yeah. Because the it used to be the only on-ramp was through kind of more Buddhist meditation yeah yeah an eastern or even a kind of a new agey kind of uh on-ramp i i guess the reason i say that i don't want to dismiss that on yeah that's important that, and it works for a lot of people and it, there's abs in my opinion there's a lot of substance there but probably for those of us who are more like western bound or yeah. you know that the the sam harris ramp is one that's more familiar to us. It's language that makes sense to us, yeah. and and so we're we can access it and in a way that's that's more comfortable. So I don't know if that works for yeah, you, but it I, does, yeah. I so I I just like that 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 is a nice piece that he's brought. He kind of redeems some of it for yeah. for those of us who like that language, yeah. who like that that kind of that kind of construction. Yeah, um, and
0: and he has a couple of really good podcasts in the last couple of weeks. He has his own obviously podcast channel. Um, he's talking really openly about, obviously, COVID-19 and its impact on our global economy. But there's a really good, another good podcast by Tim Ferriss, who's another big podcaster. Um, and he interviewed a guy named
1: Jack Kornfield. Jack Kornfield. By the way, Jack Kornfield is the master. He's in my, unbelievable. In my the world, best. he is. Yes. I, when I first started to learn I know we were rabbit-trailing this. This is good. We're all over. I, I, I'm, the I'm hey, if I'm interested yeah, in yeah, this, if, yeah. someone else but, might be. But Jack Kornfield, when I got into, when I, because when I, I got into mindfulness, what? 20 years yeah, ago yeah, long started ago. like John Cabazan yeah, and those yeah. guys and Jack Cornfield started showing up and at first I was like eh but until I actually went to a seminar right. with Jack Cornfield and I was like oh, I am a you live I am out. a fucking child yes. compared to you know your yeah. wisdom and he's such and he's like uh, I self conscious about using this, but it's the the best words I can use. Is like he's got an energy about him that I really dig.
0: Yeah, and I think so. Again, Tim Ferriss podcast. Yeah, thanks. Bring me back. Bring me back. Yeah, get the one about a week ago uh, with Jack Cornfield on. What to do in the midst of oh how mindfulness can help you in the midst of COVID nineteen. Hey, you know, and listen I to think, it. I feel it's like the best thing you can do right for an hour right, and a half so with your family. Listen to the listen to the three or
1: four tips that Jack Cornfield gives you about dealing hey, with stress. Can we put this himself. on the end? Yes, Show notes. A shout out to Adele. We'll give Pete Holmes' book. Yeah, you have Tam Harris' podcast. Tim Harris's interview Tim with, with Jack, Harris's, Cornfield, Jack Cornfield, And we'll put
0: some links to that, but it's a really worthwhile use of your time and to listen he, to it.
1: And let me kind of I I know I'm all over the map. Yeah. I could just <laughs> feel like I need to take my riddle in here. But um, I think at the bottom of it is you had started this this uh, this kind of trail the anxiety that so many yeah. of us are yep. feeling is not a neutral thing right this is a very serious thing yep. that can can destroy your joy can destroy your sense of well-being yeah. and I, I i when i have clients mm-hmm. beg that are anxious i'm never critical of it i don't judge their anxiety i get it yeah. i understand that you are truly scared in this situation the other side of it is though you've got to start working with that anxiety because it is it's going to compromise your immune system, and I don't want to get scaring yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. but just to say, I, I really encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to to make use of these resources you're talking about, whether it be Jack Cornfield, yeah. or or Sam Harris, or Headspace, or yeah. anything that's going to bring some sort of calmness. Yeah, uh, uh, it's really important. Yeah, yeah I, no, I, I
0: um, and so yeah, we will definitely. We'll definitely explore this in a bit further on another podcast for sure. Because I've I've got a lot of things that I've learned, and I'd love to talk about when it comes to uh, you know h- how to deal with uh, the anxieties of our of our lives. Because I think that's what ruling ruling a lot of us, and
1: uh, it's hey, something for... that you
0: and I have really worked hard at, particularly in the last number of of years. And <laughs> my, was, my entire adult life. Was yeah, but I now. think we've got something to say now, and I think we've got we've got some tools and ways. <laughs>
1: Okay. Um, I kind of felt I had something to say. right? I know what you're you saying. Know, like, hold on. I you, know you're saying. It's not
0: true that we we have uh, developed in the last three years some new ways of understanding and, and new tools and new insights. Of course there are. And that's why we're starting this podcast. We've got something to say oh, to help hell people. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. We've got something to say to help people. So to, let's, dive into, let's dive into Crashing and Pete Holmes.
1: Uh, one more bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is more... We are not experts in this, not even remotely experts, Just, but we're humans that are on this planet experiencing this thing together. How long do you think this is going to go for... Man, yeah. Like, like, at least this part of it where, you know, we can't really be out and yeah. about. And
0: whatnot. I don't know how long it's sustainable. I think people are going to have a sense of... Uh, after a couple of months of, like, that's not how I want to live. So, whatever this, you know what I mean? I think there's going to be mm-hmm. an interesting sociological experiment. It
1: sure will be. Let's see how it emerges. Will there be more babies
0: born during this time, in eight, nine months from now? Will there be less domestic abuse? Will there be more connection? Or will there be more? I don't know. Like, what? Do you know we what is? We've never stopped a planet and said, how about seven billion people don't do anything? Right. Nothing's ever done that to us before. Like, yeah. I heard yesterday, India, they, like, locked down 1.3 billion people. B. Yeah. I've never heard of that before no. in human history. So what will be the sociological outworking of this kind of thing? I think there will be books written about what's happening.
1: You know, what's really compelling to me is Adele said she read an article about fish returning to the canals in Venice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like and, clear, the water is clear. Dolphins in Venice. Right. Like yes. there's Like, the, the globe is starting to get a bit of a respite yeah. from us. Yes.
0: From our... Whatever could it be the planet saying, you know what? We gotta just, you guys as a species are really screwing things up. We're gonna just hit pause for a bit. We need to kind of get things back to pollution's down, you know, CO2 emissions down. I mean, whether that's whether things are <laughs> intentional things, but yeah, I or, know, this I know. organism, our planet is clearly responding to something yeah. and i'm uh, I, I don't think this is just some kind of a random weird thing i think there's there's some kind of a biological or or you know organism uh, response that's happening yeah. Um, and yeah so i'll be very very curious on how what the down I i'm particularly obviously from my background i'm particularly worried about what's going to happen in africa and yeah. ethiopia i yeah. we've um, been, been on the phone with my colleagues in ethiopia yeah what's going on they 're really worried because they just don 't have the healthcare infrastructure like Canada or the u s to be able to handle that and um, if if there 's an outbreak in ethiopia it 'll wipe out millions millions of, of elderly and weak people will be will yeah. be decimated by yeah. this, uh, and that would that would absolutely destroy their you know they 're barely emerging as a, a growing economy ethiopia they 're just starting to get up they're kind of their head above water in the last two three years with ed- drawing international investment this could absolutely 30 years in the, you know it go backwards by, by this one outbreak. So mm-hmm. run for water is um, helping sanitation, water, access to clean water and education, mm-hmm. the programs yeah. that
1: we are putting out there, so. Hey, yeah, by the way, yeah. uh, so just again, we'll get to beat homes in a second, but what's going on with the run this year? Uh, we
0: have to postpone it. So we yeah. postpone it till September, which is really hard.
1: I mean, I know um, you t- what you said, we were, I the day, to- the day you, you realized you had to cancel your yeah. trips, you said was one of the hardest days you've been.
0: Yeah, on. I mean, it, it's if you think about it, you know, um, the the meaning I get from my job is I get to be part of this really cool charity that gives access to clean water to people, yeah. and we go on trips and we put on events, and everything gets stopped. All the trips are stopped. All the races are postponed. Everything. It's like your entire life just hit pause, and I'm like, what? What, what does that mean for my day to day life? Yeah. You know, so. So yeah it, it is a it is tough and um you know we're, we're really hoping that by summer there is maybe a dip in this and we've got we flatten the curve and and uh that we can you know have these kind of social gatherings in september but who knows right i'm i'm aware that that might not be a reality so i'm i'm uh, it's just you know, amazing it's just i crazy. mean
1: to, to say like our our little life here in abbotsford yeah i mean run for waters is such a big part of it and you're such a you're your organization has yeah. just been central to a lot of this and to feel like it's hit pause right now i mean i'm sure it'll find its this yeah program, i hope
0: it will yeah. i really hope it will let's uh yeah let's dive into pete holmes what uh, how did you first encounter uh comedian pete holmes was it through his book or crashing <laughs> or how did you first encounter him
1: um so my friend phil uh and i um watch this crazy youtube uh show called getting Dug with high where comedian doug benson interviews people and they smoke pot together and and it's it's rather amusing um and uh, there's an episode that pete holmes was on and and phil had said to me you gotta watch pete holmes he's so funny he's so funny and he really is funny and but here's the thing about pete holmes he's his story is that he's an evangelical christian i know Right, it's amazing, and that's I think for me, he's one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I think that's, really close to one of us. Yo, like, for sure. Like
0: it, when he tells a story, both in in the in the in this TV series Crashing, which is a fictional story, but so really, really based on his autobiographical yeah, yeah, it's life. it's metaphorical for sure. And then his his book, uh, Comedy Sex God, God Sex Comedy or whatever, Comedy Sex God, whatever it is, I forget which one. What the order <laughs> it is? it is Comedy Sex God. What's I'll first? Is it, it I'll comedy look first? I think a comedy first. And then sex, and then I think God is the I think you're right.
1: But let me find Anyways,
0: um, that should be the <laughs> order of everything. Laughing, then having sex, and then praying. <laughs>
1: okay. Leap to God. Anyways, you asked me why. Yeah, it's, it's comedy sex, God. Um, um, you asked me what, what kind yeah. of, where, how do I find So uh, I, I was really intrigued by him. He, he's, a, he's really smart. So he's, he's got an exceptionally quick mind. There's most of these. Uh, really good stand-ups do they're they, they notice things that most of us don't notice yeah. and um and so I, yeah i i was really kind of drawn to his his kind of humor is loosely drawn to his story be because it kind of, it's not really my story i didn't grow up christian but uh the evangelical part of it but he did grow up christian that becomes a a big part of it and just let's let's rabbit trail out of this i i think growing up evangelical is is a thing i to to have to find a way to reconcile your your core kind of childhood beliefs with a changing world that's that's challenging those core beliefs at every corner it's hard and that's part of why i wanted to talk about this today peg Mm -hmm. is because i think for so many folks who are part of our nexus community these are the kind of things that pete issues that pete holmes wrestled deeply through in his own life are the same sorts of issues for many folks. Yeah. I think I just think it's really relevant. Yeah. So, so I heard mm-hmm. right when I kind of got introduced, when Phil introduced me to Pete Holmes, he was starting uh, an HBO comedy show a series and uh, produced by Judd Apatow. So that it's got you know kind of yeah, a, some a credibility, credibility right yeah. off the bat, yeah. right? And so here's here's the bait. It's now that is third season. I'll say right from the outset, in my opinion, uh, season one is good. Season two. And three are great and season three may be one of the best seasons of television i've ever seen yeah. okay
0: yeah I, I i agree i think um I, I watched season one and it was it was okay it was good it was good like, no, it, it was, was kind good I, I yeah, yeah. it was good a good season yeah and then season two started and i was like uh, oh
1: oh he's going oh, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 yeah
0: okay he's going personal here He is going to, this is going to be a show that mirrors his own personal life of him losing, deconstructing his evangelical Christianity and how crazy it is. When he begins to start explaining what he actually grew up and believed, how he's trying to explain that to other comedian friends of his in New York. Try to make sense of that to these people. And they look at him like, what planet do you grew up on that, that, that you have that much fear in your life? That you are scared of God- you know, being disappointed with you for everything.
1: Well, you know, yeah, I sure, for sure, yeah, his that. life is his life is ruled by fear, but he doesn't really think of it in those terms. Mm-hmm. So here's the the general story of Pete Holmes. He uh, he's a comic. He was a comic. This is his story. He was a stand up comedian, yeah. and he was trying to get into the New York scene, and um, and just uh, uh, was having a hard time uh, holding on to his marriage while he was trying to be a Christian stand-up comedian and his wife had an affair. And uh, while he was living near New York, he would commute into New York on, on the, in the evenings and on weekends. And while he was doing that, his wife was having an affair with someone at the school that she was teaching at. And his affair effectively ended his Christian mm-hmm. life. It was at that point that his, things went downhill very, very fast. Mm-hmm. But I think to be fair to Pete's own story, he would say until that time he was kind of keeping the balls up in the air yeah. he was he was juggling his problems but he was juggling them and so the movie, the tv series crashing is is Kind of loosely based on that, so there's an affair. His wife has an affair, um, but he has to the, the kind of the device of the of the pitch when he gave it to Judd Apatow was that he says, "Look, I'm a I'm a comedian who's got who's trying to a Christian comedian. My wife's had an affair, and I I don't have anywhere to live in New York. So each episode, I'm going to crash with one of the comedians in the whole New York Manhattan." comedy scene and and they said okay that's a good that's crashing their couch yeah crashing so crashing and that's sort of where the where mm-hmm. the uh, idea came from but similar to season one of good place but it, really he's crashing inside like it's a metaphor yeah, yeah it's yeah. the loaf of his soul nice. he's his life is crashing right yeah but uh, you, you remember season one of good place and we got to do good place oh by my way. Goodness, what yeah, another, another great brilliant series oh, great but, show but season one of good place wasn't great I mean, it, it, they mean that the pieces were in place and it had a charm. But even uh, Mike, Michael Sure, NBC, Michael yeah. Sure. Said at the end of season one, okay, we have to do a complete reboot of the concept, and then season two through five or six, whatever it is, are just brilliant is brilliant TV. Same with Crashing. I think he he departs from that kind of I'm crashing around with comedians, yeah. and he's a little more stable and sees, and so that's really season one is I think he's just trying to get his basic set up. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get the himself as this character on this on this uh, this show set up, but as season two. Is where he really starts moving, and so the first episode of season two, he's uh, he sits. He's now kind of a more known commodity in the Manhattan scene, the comedy scene. So he, you know, he he yeah. he, he knows he a lot goes of to people, the com- he and goes the comedy to the cellar seller is the big, you know, is the hot, the, the mecca, yeah, of of kind of these these uh, comics. And he goes there one night, and he knows a few of them, but you can tell that they after like two or three minutes they can't stand him, mm-hmm. and they like him. But they don't want to be with him. And they all kind of drift away from the table. Mm. And he's sitting there by himself again. And you can tell that this is not lost on Pete. He's trying to figure out how come how come I'm not fitting in. How come I'm so
0: repellent? Yeah, like to an, an average person.
1: Right, to my fellow comics. Yeah. Like, they they like me, but, but they always, they don't, I don't get invited to their things. They don't I, trust me. They don't trust me. That's There's, it. But probably. And so while he's sitting there... Uh, Pen Gillette is that yeah, yeah. Uh, Pen and, uh, and Teller the magician just, just happens to sit down with him yeah. and they start talking about their views on on life, notably on on God. Christianity and yeah. God. and Penn goes full court press on Pete and basically challenges. Is the the core structure of certainty, yeah. and he basically he said, mm-hmm. "How can you be so certain of things? There's no way you can be certain of things." And he pushes them in a way that Pete has no answer, and yet Pete says says back to him, "You can't take my certainty away from me. I need me. it. I if you take that away, the whole my whole life crashes. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, th- yeah. And, and I just think that th- th- what I love, and maybe we can you know, kind of do a little." go through crashing together with people. It's. I told you, I just finished my third time through it. It is fucking brilliant, Peg. Mm-hmm. Brilliant how every episode is another layer of the onion that gets mm-hmm. peeled. Mm-hmm. takes two seasons for mm-hmm. him to peel that onion. Mm-hmm. What's, what's going on? Um, no, I'm just going to put... Um, Oh, I keep tapping the he table. You keep tapping the table, yeah, and
0: then it, it just spikes the. the I'm sorry, I, I'm worried okay, about. Okay, no, the audio.
1: no, I can sit back. I can That's do
0: fine. That. No, that keep using your hands. I love it.
1: Okay, I'll talk, talk with up here, yeah, but not yeah, on yeah, the yeah. table. Um yeah, so anyway, I, anyway I, so yeah, he, I love that. So he, uh, he just his worldview, the 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 kind of the linchpin, the cornerstone, whatever metaphor you want, is pulled out, and he can feel the implosion mm-hmm. of yeah. his entire worldview. And he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to land. And he is on he's on free fall yeah. for the first three or four episodes of season two. And I just think um, you know when Jesus said, <coughs> excuse me. You know when Jesus said, blessed are you when everything falls apart mm-hmm. because yours now is the kingdom of yeah, heaven. Yeah, bankrupt. You were now bankrupt. It's just you mm-hmm. are you are completely done. And yeah. remember and that was an idea that was so core to us at mm-hmm. Nexus, which is as long as we can keep the balls yeah. of our life yeah. juggled up in the air, mm-hmm. why, why would we change? Yeah.
0: It works. Like Jesus would look at a time like this, even in COVID-19, and say, blessed are you when all the systems that you rely on fall apart. Because it's in the mess, it's in the chaos, it's when you don't have certainty that you can actually be close to the ideas of the kingdom of God. You know, they I were going to start emerging in your I your totally life.
1: agree, and I think there's a, let me just say, I think there's a, a really important piece here for us, which is the concept of the dialectic. And the dialectic is holding two seemingly incompatible truths or realities in the same moment. Mm-hmm. That, so that if I think of COVID-19, especially as you just talked about Ethiopia, I think that the universe, God, or whatever you want to refer to that, the intelligence of, of all of this, is simultaneously thrilled that our lives are, ha- are being forced to become more honest. We have to think through our, you know, what mm-hmm. we really believe. And deeply sad for the pain that this causes. Yeah. You know, that, there's a dialectic. Yeah, it's a both hand. It's a both hand. yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say that I don't think, however we might conceive of God, right. however that works for people, that I don't want to think of a universe in which there's a sadism about it. that, right. that there's a, I'm there's happy a, that
0: you're suffering. But, no.
1: But Jesus was, is happy with the, with the deconstruction. He's yeah. happy when our lives fall apart because you remember the, that saying that we said a lot, it's better to be at the bottom of the right ladder that halfway up the wrong ladder. That, that is the
0: essence of the kingdom of God right there, that idea, right? The gospel is about saying the things that you've relied on, whether that is status, money, power, certainty, religion, your versions of God, whatever they are that Jesus wants to deconstruct, says if, if, if those things w- are, are where you draw your energy, they're useless, they're the wrong ladder. Right. This is you are. Right. You can be successful at a million things, but well, where's compares? that ladder going? What is, what? Right. And and you why can't sleep at night because you're so full of anxiety that you're gonna lose your business or lose whatever? How is that a life worth living? Jesus wants to say, huh? So you've you've gained. What, you know, what benefit will be if a rich man can gain the whole world but lose his soul? He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about something way bigger than heaven or an afterlife. He's talking about th- this idea of living to the fullest right now.
1: That's what the kingdom of heaven and, and is. And I think what I like about that metaphor of the ladder is, why would I willingly get off my ladder? Yeah. It, from, a, from a kind of a materialistic power, mm. um, privilege, Whatever, whatever yeah. construct you want to throw, why would I, why would I choose to get off ladder? It's too hard. I've got to be fucking kicked off that ladder. Yeah. Something's to happen. Something's got to, and this is what happened to Pete Holmes. He's, he had this, his wife had an affair. And his life's upset. And down. he didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, someone pulled a linchpin of certainty away from him, yeah. and he was in free fall. Yeah. And I think it's where he lands, get, he had to get onto the other ladder. You yeah. had to get on the ladder of what we, in, in our nexus days, would call the kingdom of God. Yeah. But I don't want to be so restrictive of calling it that. But, it, you know, right. it's, a, it's yeah. a metaphor that could work yeah. for you and me in, yeah. in this conversation of calling it love, connection, yeah. generosity, uh, we, we, where we drop contempt, where we yeah. drop this idea that I'm better than someone mm-hmm. else. All these sorts of things that it's an honest life. Yeah. It's, and I'll tell you this, that worldview holds up. Yeah. It's not dependent upon externals mm-hmm. for it to make it true. Yeah. Right, it's 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 because it comes from in, inside of
0: me. Yeah, I was talking to another uh, um, a person the other day, and and uh, we were talking about faith issues like this. And one of the things that he 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 mentioned is, you know, I'm pushing him, right? I'm pushing this guy. We're just having conversations, but I'm pushing him about his own belief system. And I said, he, he said to me, what if if you if you could say there's two things that are like at the bottom of your Jenga game, if, I, if you could pull these out in my life, I love the that, Jenga metaphor, that, you yeah. know, It's like the whole thing would come right, crashing right, down. Right, right, right. What, what are they? And I said, well, it's actually around this certainty. It's around your certainty of what the afterlife looks like. I said, you have got to get really up close and personal on, on your understanding of, of you actually think that there's a God in the universe that has designed a place to torture billions of people. You believe that, eh? And he's like, well, yeah, I think so, because the Bible tells me this. And I said, until you're willing to go, I don't know if that's true or not. Because my reading of an ancient couple thousand year old book might be contextual, might be wrong, might be, you know, I might have, there might be different ways of understanding these texts. But if I can have some doubt or at least some openness to other ways of understanding the certainty of the afterlife and the certainty that you are the only one who is right, and everyone else is wrong. To me, those two are that are really two. Do you key remember ones?
1: when uh, back in the day we had a conversation with Brian McLaren? Yeah. Down, in, I think it was in San Diego. Yeah. We got to meet him. Brian McLaren, for the he back, was an emergent theologian, yeah. postmodern that, kind of Christian, who was very influential yeah. in our own journey. In the nineties, right? yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he said that there, there was ai is a I don't know, I don't know the reference, so I can't put it on the post notes but uh, a study that said there's a correlation between certainty and violence mm. yeah yeah you yeah. know that the more certain i am of something i am ipso facto against people who are different than yeah, i because i know
0: for sure right. they're wrong they're going to hell and so then i can use In violence know. because i'm so certain of it whether right. that's
1: religious and violence that's, it, yeah it doesn't have to be religious Muslim,
0: Christian, atheist, violence,
1: whatever, Ma- Stalinist male, violence. male privilege, male power, yeah. but uh, any of those certainties. The more right I am, it means the more wrong you are if you disagree with me. Yeah. And now I have to protect, I have to defend, you know, my territory. Hey, another, I uh, just uh, uh, another great episode that happens. I think in episode three of season two, I just love it because um, they use uh, his friend Artie, Artie mm-hmm. Lang, Another comic, comedian? everyone's sort yeah. of Artie Lange,
0: <laughs> messy guy,
1: yeah, broken, yeah, very kind of self-effacing. Yeah, he realizes kind of a hey, presentation. I'm not pretending on right. I'm great because he's just not. Arty. And he is a heroin addict, and they use use this uh, concept of heroin, and it's brilliant, by the way, because uh, Pete now is in a phase after he gets out of his okay. I can live in a universe where I'm not certain about things. He now gets into a moralism where I'm gonna be able to use, if we just make good choices. Hmm. Good choices will lead to a good life. There's hmm. this sort of thing. And his best friend at the time is Artie Lang. And, and the whole episode explores, uh, Artie really wants to, wants to kind of follow along Pete's beautiful little, hey, let's just go for a walk. Let's, let's hmm. start embracing good things in our life. Hmm. And then he's holding a charity for a comic that's, uh, that's got cancer and the headliner for the whole charity event is Artie Lang. And, and Pete has been working with Artie, trying to make him into a better person. And then on this night, Artie doesn't show up for his set. And the whole charity falls flat on his face. And Pete is devastated. He's, he's furious. And he, he runs into Artie later on in the night. Artie's done his set at the Cellar. He's just smoking a cigarette outside on the sidewalk. And he comes up and he goes, what, what the hell? Where were he you? show up? And Artie's just like, oh, what do you want me to do? Uh, I had other things to do. And finally, he says, look, Pete, I'm a heroin addict. This isn't just some sort of thing I choose. He says, if I, gotta go, if I go two days on my heroin, the, the hell that's in my brain, you don't know what that's like. So fuck you, Pete. You don't get to judge me in this. And, and, and Pete keeps trying to say, no, you can be better. And finally he says, you know what? He says, all these other people in my life aren't as nice as you, Pete. You're the nice person. I like that. But you are worse to me than they are because you make me feel bad about me. Mm-hmm. And he just walks away. And this, this theme of, of Pete making people feel bad about themselves because he shames them. Yeah. He's contemptuous toward them. He does
0: it, he does it in his, his, his body language. He does it in the... La- he never says you're a bad person. He does it in his sense of like, I would never do that if I were you. Exactly. He doesn't have to say it, but they feel it. That's why all the comedians leave the table. Exactly. When he, when he shows up to the comedy cellar and all the other comedians are there going, oh, it's Pete. And he's like, what, what, what? And they're like... You just have this tone about you. He's like, oh, I'm a, I'm an innocent guy. He's like, it's not that you haven't done anything, that you've avoided sin or something like that. It's that you have a, there's an attitude about you that you think you're better than us because you didn't experience hey, any of this stuff. So I, and that's what's destructive. You know, just as Pete Holmes does in his book, uh, Comedy, Sex, God, he's like, okay, so I was perfect and pure, and, and I had these promises that if I kind of lived a certain way according to Jesus', you know, the, the Christian subculture that my life would be better and it's it's a, it's all bullshit it's not true there is no promise you can live you know you can follow all the rules and your life
1: would actually be worse off than 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 if you didn't this this is part of your story yes you were Peg you were the the cream of the crop yes. and i know i mean you're a great guy don't i know you I were a leader you were, in, you were a leader on your on your university yeah,
0: campus prayer and evangelism mm-hmm. and missions all that i, I book, remember i remember rabbi college,
1: zacharias i went down to atlanta pegged you no pun intended yes, yep. as almost his replacement one i day. was
0: training under rabbi zacharias in atlanta georgia to be the next apologist. when i first got atlanta. to know
1: you i always liked you like we were always yep. got along because we're kind of ADD and funny, and we liked all the same things, but you were a hardcore apologist. I I remember that. I just had enough reason I could convince you, (coughs) I will prove to
0: you that, you know, God exists, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that the death and resurrection of Jesus was true, that evidence that does demand a verdict, and yada, yada, yada. I know you'd you'd always make fun of it a
1: little bit, like you didn't take yourself super seriously, but you were, nonetheless, you were committed to that, and then your life came crashing down. Yeah, right. You know, we, we
0: lost two babies, and uh, and all of a sudden, the worldview I had began to show cracks. It was, I remember driving home from, uh, you know, after we lost Joshua, our, our stillborn son, and we were driving in the car, and Heather's crying, and I said, uh, I just started yelling in the car to God, yeah. and I just said, I've done everything perfect. I did everything you asked me to do. I believed everything. I kept myself pure. I, I I mean I was the poster child of the evangelical subculture in the 80s. I thought we had a deal. We had a deal. If I do this, you get you know, you prevent me from experiencing pain in life, I guess. That's kind of what I thought there was some kind of I mean
1: maybe you, know, you didn't weren't so explicit about it.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, no, we and so that's I believe that, I believe that deal. I remember our, and I, our then friend, I was yelling on the way home oh and yeah. said, what's it for? If, if I can just be just as easily uh, be facing death and my framework at the time, I remember this saying, so I guess you're killing my son to teach me a lesson. What's the lesson I need to learn? Like, like, I mean, that sounds so horrific, but if you believe you've got some marionette god who's pulling on all mm. the strings of the universe, then yes, he is intimately involved in everything, including the death of your son. So I guess he did it, and I was now have to find out what the lesson was that I was supposed to mm. learn in order to grow in my faith. And that became the first crack in my in my faith structure. And I began to go. I think there's something deeply, deeply flawed about the evangelical way of framing certainty and the way of b- way of framing
1: belief. Yeah, I, I remember our friend Clyde at the time. Yeah. Um, oh, Clyde Glass. Yeah. Yeah, a gr- great guy. And you were very close to Clyde. Yeah. And Clyde came to my office yeah. one day during yeah. that whole season. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Peg's not doing good." Mm-hmm. And as I, I thought it was a, I mean, it's just, I was, I thought it was a good friend of so yours. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like. Uh, we were good friends but I I was kind of not aware of that and and he said he said he's not doing good he's he's Peg is in a really bad place with his with everything he believes and I remember that's when you and I started To kind of just kind of connect yep. on a on a kind of a, maybe a deeper level than we did yeah. before or something, and and really was really the springboard for us to start exploring ideas that made way more sense to life. Yeah. But but anyways, Peg, your story and thanks for sharing it, man. But it's that that in one sense got you off that ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, 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 horrible it, it, yeah, situation. Horrible.
0: But you know to bring it back to to Pete Holmes's is is and I, I'm. You know, when I read his book um, this summer, and... Uh, <coughs> By the way, yeah. if you get the book, get the audiobook. Because he does it. He narrates it, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: He's a comedian. So it was great. Heather and I had a... a Gets the right inflections, right nuances, and the right totally, spots. Yeah, totally.
0: yeah. So this summer, Heather and I, um, we took a vacation to Morocco, which was such a cool thing. We had always wanted to do this, and we rented a car, and we just bombed around Morocco, was, you know, all these cool little places. and it was, a, it was an awesome, awesome trip. But one of the things we did is we listened to these books on tape. You know, books on tape. What do you mean? They're audio books. What, am I, what year am I in? Books on tape. We have about 90 million cassettes in the backseat. Popping them in. I go, wish that would be. Going to airports. What's that? That's yeah. my book on tape. Yeah. What's that whole suitcase? Is That's like 12 books on tape you've got there. Anyways. Uh, audio book. Audio book, yeah. So we listened to uh, Pete Holmes's book on on audio. And it was so great because he's, he's reading it. And he's funny, and the way he presents it is, I think, twice of the ex- twice the experience as actually reading it yourself, because you're hearing his Absolutely. inflection, his passion, his stories, and way more personal accurate than
1: crashing. Yeah, crashing is metaphorical, but yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. okay. So you're listening. Yes, yeah, so we're it. listening to it, and I remember there was a section, um, I don't know, maybe halfway in or whatever, where we're like I stop, and I said to Heather, his understanding of of human sexuality as a male growing up around masturbation and the shame around that is so bang on it's funny i mean he makes it funny but it's so it's so personal and so ridiculous and so bang on when it comes to the internal shame around I male say, sexuality i will
1: say to the, the extent so good that if you did not grow up as an evangelical teenager you're going to listen to his description of it and say that's yeah. hyperbole yeah there's say, no way that's real no you're you're, you're, you're exaggerating, exaggerating. Nope. In my, 100% in my work with Christian men, this is exactly how it is. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, in, in, with
0: Pete Holmes, you know, to, to, to kind of tie this up a little bit, because um, yeah. we clearly have to go way deeper into this at um, some other time, but Pete Holmes is such a great example of a guy who, in essence, loses the, the kind of evangelical Christianity that he grew up with. But then where he lands is in this beautifully humble... Um, open to spirituality kind of place and the spirituality that he's open to is informed by he encounters this guy named ram das who is a a spiritual teacher used to be named richard alpert uh, a psychologist from harvard timothy leary uh, yeah him and timothy leary were kicked out of harvard because of their uh, they were exposing people to psychedelics trying to heal people through psilocybin in the 60s He goes to India, comes back as this, you know,
1: teacher. Enlightened one, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he is really just talking. I mean, he has this really great book called Be Here Now. And it was a profound experience for Pete Holmes to listen to a teacher who doesn't talk about the, you know, doesn't use morality as the stick of of how spirituality gets, you know, it gets, again, divvied up. It's not about your behaviors. It's about what you do on the inside of your life. That's true, what true faith is about. What do you like to live with? What do you like to live with when it comes to the anxieties uh, that you have in your head? And so he kind of lands in a beautiful way at the end of his book in this new, open, evolved um, place that is open to mystery, open to spirituality, and really is uh, loving the divine place of, Mm -hmm. of where our lives are is that, yes, I believe there is this beautiful stream of love and generosity in the universe that we are all tapped into through our consciousness and that we are being called as human beings to live in congruence with that love, forgiveness, and openness. And any worldview that doesn't move us toward love, forgiveness, and openness has nothing to do with God. And is just a human construct. And I think evangelicalism is a human construct that deviates
1: from the nature of love. Yeah. I th- the, the, the show, Crashing, what he does in season three, which I really like, is he's, he's mostly through... Uh, his deconstruction. He's he's trying to put his worldview yeah. together. It's mostly there, but what you see happening is his life is far messier than it was before. Yeah. It's like like uh, there's he has this line in the when he's talking to Penn um, in season uh, two, one. episode one, and he he says jokingly to Pen, he goes, yeah Jesus is my co-pilot." He says because life is a lot smoother. Hey, life is a lot smoother. It's not as the, the, the constructed other ladder life can be, uh, you, can, you can seal yourself off yeah. from real life problems. But like we've talked about through this yeah. whole thing, when real life problems hit you, now you don't have an answer yeah. for it and your life comes crashing down. But when you're on the other ladder, it's not necessarily yeah. smoother. Yeah. and he's he's having to find uh, a life that's way more authentic but he has to grow up. Yeah. He has to he has to learn, he has to become street savvy. He's got to learn how to deal with dishonest people. He's got to learn how to deal without looking down on them but just be just be smarter, Pete. Mm. Right? Just because someone says something to make it true and it's it's got a much more rough around the edges feel yeah. but he's way better.
0: Yeah, he's way more attractive. I think when you I think that becomes it is um, he, he is a fake plastic person. Yeah, no and question about it. In the beginning, um, in the end, he becomes a real, dynamic, fully human person with problems, with edginess, with, with flaws, and with an honest look in the mirror at who he really is, right? This is why
1: you can see him, you know, uh, at the end of this kind of journey for him, is go watch that episode in Getting Doug with High because you're now seeing the real life Pete Holmes smoking pot with his friend and just having a good old time right. not caring what people think right Maybe for and the first time in his life and if you want to know what it looks like that's what it looks like yeah. and he's very attractive yeah. and he's quirky and, and got, i like him hang on with i want to hang out with him exactly i want to exactly. hang
0: around with real people who know how to you know engage in, in in life in 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 the chaos of life and if if your life and faith let, and then he will end with this if your life and faith can't make sense of COVID nineteen pandemic life, if I can't make sense of this and help you live a grounded um, life of all I have is this moment, if it doesn't if it doesn't help you live that kind of life. It's useless. It's a sounding gong. It needs to be thrown out. Your faith, your spirituality, it's got to give you peace that passes understanding, perfect love. I'm using these language. Hey, and you know what? I'm going to Perfect talk. love casts out fear, Dave. And most of us in our Christian faith have no understanding what perfect love even looks like.
1: I, I, you know what? Just as you're saying that, it's kind of a meta comment I want to make real quick. Over the last couple of years, I've had a real renaissance with my scriptures. Hmm and and i'm not saying from the you know every jot and tittle and you know all the ideas about the bible that we had before but as a as a wisdom uh, a literature that's helped people for millions of people over thousands of years. Oh my God, I love getting into my scriptures. It, there's so much there, and I'm reclaiming that part mm. of my own kind of religion. And that a sense. just happened to me eight months ago. So
0: you know, this will be it'd Be a to be continued. But oh, very yes, definitely. peg this. You know, I I as as you all know, I was an ordained minister, professor at Trinity Western. Um, you know, helping with Nexus, and I would say that. Uh, for 15 or more years, I lost my faith.
1: Or you just um, didn't, it, it just it, wasn't something you were interested it Didn't You didn't it, it,
0: care. I, although I was pastoring at, at Nexus, um, I always felt a little embarrassed about Christianity, even being attached to Christianity. You were far more comfortable with your relationship with God. I did you, yeah. I did not have a relationship with God. And
1: we would talk about it in meantime, And it's not like you were like struggling. You're just like, no, Dave, I don't know. I don't. I, I have I don't no I idea. And and I don't, don't know if even, I need it. There were times you prayer? would say, "Prayer I, is stupid." I, I don't even know so how saying, you think about God in those terms. Yeah. You would say that to me, and I would say, "Yeah, I don't know either." And, i and would yet say, The last last eight, nine months. Who are you, man? You, I have. I'm an atheist compared to you.
0: I have fallen in love with God in a completely new way. I've I've reconnected with with Christ, um, the cosmic Christ, and I use that very intentional. This 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 universal John one one Jesus the. In, you know, in all things is this, this you know, is, is love found. In the beginning was the word. And, you know, everything is moves and, and has its origin in this and divine you know- Christ and i've fallen in love yeah. with the christian way of framing spirituality it's, in a
1: new way because I mean, it's your faith it is and mine you, at no it's no symbols that make sense to me are you saying yes at no level are you saying this is the only symbolism No, nope, nope. i mean I, I i read buddhism and i see such wisdom yeah, and depth yeah, and truth yeah. in it but here's the thing I'm not a Buddhist. Those aren't aren't the symbols that you, that you grew up with. But the Christian symbols make sense to me. So part of what we
0: want to do on this podcast is, yes, explore lots of themes, but we want to bring you into a new journey that Dave and I are on personally, which includes a very deeply sacred journey, a deep connection with the divine. And I would love for you to come along on this trip. Who knows how long it's going to be? But I'd love to bring you into my own personal journey. About I love how it when fallen. you talk like this, man. Yeah.
1: You get a look in your face. There's a passion. Peg, I would love it, too, if we can interview people. Yeah. So if someone's got a story they want to tell, we want to hear that story. Yeah. You're a great interviewer. We'll use we're, that as a we're, we're definitely going to have some
0: interviews Okay. On okay here, so, so what, stay tuned to What this. do we
1: have to put at the end? What do we have to put at the end? Uh, we said uh, the link to, to the, show the book. Notes. Yeah. Show notes. So the... We will have show notes. Uh, we'll
0: we'll do a review him. after. Yeah. But really, thank you guys for, for uh, we, we. This is a little bit longer. It's about an hour long this time. We got a big feedback to say make it a little longer. We like your guys' dynamic. Post comments on the Facebook page, Please I guess. Post Please it un- there. Email us, whatever. We could really use the encouragement. Is this connecting with people? Um, whether whether lots of people listen to it, we don't care. This is an important conversation that Dave and I are having, yeah, yeah. and we look forward to you getting in part of it. So, thanks a lot for being part of the you know session two on the Nexus podcast. Have a great day.